0: that's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads science weekly is supported by BetterHelp. here's a question if you had an extra hour in your day what would you do with it? watch tv? read a book? meet up with a friend? maybe a little nap? a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com scienceweekly Today to get 10% off your first month. That's help slash scienceweekly.
1: Have you ever had that thing where if you write or hear a word over and over, perhaps you're given lines at school, and suddenly things start to feel a bit strange. Like,
2: what you're writing isn't even real. The word starts to break up, it starts to look strange, it starts to look like just a a collection of letters. Well, that odd sensation has a name. So, jamais vu is the inappropriate sensation of unfamiliarity for something that should be familiar to you. Briefly, momentarily, you feel like it loses meaning or it loses familiarity.
1: Researchers recently won the not always coveted Ig Nobel Prize for their investigations into jamais vu. It's a prize that honours science that makes you laugh and then think.
2: It's certainly an experience. There's an awful lot of madness in the form of paper aeroplanes and singing and all sorts. But yeah, it, it was good fun. So today we're asking
1: Why do our brains play this odd trick on us? How does it relate to its counterpart, deja vu? And what can it teach us about where our memories are going right and wrong? From The Guardian, I'm Ian Sample, and this is Science Weekly.
2: So a really common experience is finding a face that you know you should be familiar with, unfamiliar, or or, or less familiar than it should be. Dr Akira O'Connor
1: is a senior lecturer in psychology at the University of St Andrews, and part of the team that just won the Ig Nobel for their work on Jamais vu, And it's a sensation
2: he knows about both scientifically and personally. I encountered it with my my father once, where I, I noticed that he was my father. I knew he was my father, but I seemed to see the components of his face for the first time as though I was, I was having to kind of make sense of this. So people experience it for faces, people experience it for music. Musicians will often talk about getting lost in the music and, and, and finding phrases unfamiliar to them, uh, even if they've played them uh, hundreds of times.
1: So there's something in doing a task over and over that often
2: generates Jamais Vu. Yeah, so my first experience was writing lines at school. But then since then, I've started noticing when I have more unusual uh, experiences of Jamais Vu. The most unusual being once when I was uh, driving on the M1, driving on motorways is a pretty repetitive task. But I was noticing that things were starting to feel a little strange. And then I had this realization that hmm, I'm not really sure what my left hand is doing, what my right hand is doing. It's all feeling very unfamiliar. I'm n- not exactly sure how I need to be controlling the car here. So I ended up pulling over onto the hard shoulder and, and doing my best just to take a moment to myself, close my eyes, try and reset whatever systems were, were going wrong then. And fortunately, they did within a few seconds, and, and I was able to get back on the road. It's really extraordinary
1: to hear you say that because I've I've experienced that. I spend a lot of time on the M4 and I've experienced that exact feeling and I didn't know the name for it. I've, I've, I've been driving along the M4 and I've suddenly realized that I feel completely distance removed from the car i feel like i'm a passenger and that i'm not actually the one in control i run through a sort of series of checks and basically re-familiarize myself with what i'm supposed to be doing and just hope over those 10 seconds nothing comes out of me but it's a real strange and sort of sudden feeling of complete unfamiliarity with what i'm actually supposed to be
2: doing yeah it's almost like you have to to work it out from first principles
1: How did you get interested in Jamais Vu from a research perspective?
2: I was interested primarily in uh, the sensation of déjà vu. Déjà vu is often um, defined as the opposite of jamais vu, or jamais vu the opposite of déjà vu. So déjà vu is the feeling of inappropriate familiarity for something that should be unfamiliar. Now, I'm an experimental psychologist, I'm interested in trying to study these sensations, ideally in the laboratory. And déjà vu is really difficult to generate in the lab. So in a moment of frustration, I sat down with uh, my PhD supervisor who had ideas about potentially trying to generate other similar experiences, jamais vu being the similar experience, and The uh, sensation we'd both experienced of writing things out over and over, feeling that uh, what we were writing was losing familiarity, that kind of procedure was what we zeroed in on. So it it was almost a, a kind of parallel experiment to the experiments we really wanted to run.
1: And just on this terminology, I mean, with déjà vu, I think that's roughly translates to sort of seen before. And
2: is is jamais vu sort of not seen before? Yeah, jamais vu. Literally, uh, the literal translation is never seen. Déjà vu was, the term was coined... in France, perhaps unsurprisingly, by a neuropsychologist who had a a patient who was experiencing déjà vu for everything. And there's one really nice description in the original account of déjà vu of this patient going to Louis Pasteur's state funeral and declaring that he'd actually experienced this before. This was something that was familiar to him.
1: Tell me about the study you did. What were you
2: investigating exactly? So we ran an experiment with uh, undergraduates to come into a large room. We gave them a workbook and we essentially told them to write words out over and over. And to notice if the words started feeling strange and if they did, to record the time, to record how many repetitions of the words they had written before this sensation, this strangeness occurred to them. We found that about two-thirds of people experienced uh, jamais vu. It took about 30 repetitions of the word or about a minute. And um, the sorts of ways in which people described those experiences were very much like what we experienced. So the word seeming to break up, it's seeming to lose its meaning, it seeming to become a, a kind of collection of letters rather than something they understood to be a word that carried meaning.
1: And I think you found that people who experience déjà vu more frequently also experience jamais vu more frequently so i don't know if we can dig into what we know about the déjà vu side of this i mean do we know why that happens or what what causes
2: it in the in the brain this is where things start to get a little bit more speculative so Deja vu and jamais vu are often referred to as dissociative memory experiences because your feelings about your memory dissociate from what you know to be true about your memory. So I feel familiarity, even though I know this shouldn't be familiar, would be the components of a deja vu experience. Now, we know that There are certain brain regions associated with feelings of familiarity. So that's one component of this. The other component is knowing that what you're experiencing isn't familiar or shouldn't be familiar. That kind of fact checking that or reality. Monitoring, those kinds of higher order cognitions, those kind of self knowing cognitions, are often thought to be housed in the frontal cortex. So we've got these memory regions in the temporal cortex in the side of the brain, these fact checking faculties housed in the, the frontal cortex. And what we think is happening during experiences like deja vu and even jamais vu is that we get this kind of twitch like, errorful activation of of a signal that what we're experiencing is familiar or even unfamiliar, but that the frontal cortex takes all of the information that's coming to it, says, Yeah, I see that feeling, but I know that we have experienced this before, or we haven't experienced this before. I fact check this. And I am going to come up with the overall experience that actually what we've got on here is an erroneous sensation. Carry on as usual, just uh, wait for this feeling to dissipate.
1: Have you got any thoughts, Sakira, on why there seems to be this link between people who report déjà vu a fair bit and, and those who have sort of similarly sort of frequent experiences of jamais vu yeah. So
2: because deja vu and jamais vu are, are both dissociative experiences where, where someone notices something that's, that's potentially going wrong with their memories. We think it might be to do with your capacity to kind of notice your, your own consciousness, your own memory function. So people who notice that they're having déjà vu might also be, quite understandably, the same people who notice that they're having jamais
1: vu. So there's two ways you could interpret that, perhaps. In the case of déjà vu, first your memory is going wrong, thinking that you've seen something before and then getting caught out, or that there's something going right when these little errors happen, that fact-checking part of your brain is is doing a good job. How do you see it?
2: Yeah, so that's That's a really kind of a hot topic, I guess, in in the deja vu literature right now, whether deja vu is is an error or whether it is something else. Now, I think it's exactly what you said at the end. I think it's an example of healthy memory function, an error occurring, but it being spotted, it being corrected, and the deja vu, for example, having no behavioral consequence. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, If you are watching uh, television when you have a deja vu, you don't turn the channel over, you don't write a letter to the BBC saying you're always showing repeats. You just notice that you're feeling something strange and you carry on. Now I set that against the experiences of some older adults who are experiencing dementia who might experience uh, deja vu and then report to us that this inappropriate sense of familiarity gets acted on. They do, in fact, turn the TV off. They do write to the BBC. So I think in terms of what deja vu means, it means, yeah, there might be some small thing going wrong with the memory, but overall that your your kind of memory system is robust to it. it it's able to deal with it, and it's able to carry on as usual. And. Déjà vu, jamais vu, these experiences are kind of like your consciousness momentarily breaking. It kind of separates, and you start to be able to understand that, ah, your memory system might be separate from the feelings you have about your memory system.
1: So you've won the Ig Nobel are you going to continue this work now to see if you can land a full Nobel?
2: <laughs> I don't know if this this sort of work would ever uh, would ever be in contention for for a Nobel Prize. Um, but one of the lovely things about the attention this has got has been people getting in touch, saying, "Um, ah, telling us about their experiences of jamais vu." You know, it, it's nice from a personal perspective, but it's also scientifically useful because one of the things that we have traditionally thought about jamais vu is that it's less frequent uh it's less common than deja vu but actually uh, a lot of people getting in touch have been telling us that they experience it as much as deja vu they experience it in very similar circumstances so i think there's more mileage to it there's certainly more to be looked into and I'm, i'm excited about doing that
1: lovely to have you on akira thank you so much really fascinating to have you take us through all this thank you Thanks and congratulations again to Dr. Akira O'Connor. You can read my colleague Nicola Davis's article about all the Ig Nobel Prizes at theguardian.com. And do email us at scienceweekly@theguardian.com at to tell us your own experiences of jamais vu, or perhaps even presque vu, the erroneous feeling of having solved something when you haven't. And before you go, I'm pleased to tell you that today, Grace Dent is back for the fifth series of her brilliant podcast, Comfort Eating. This series, Grace is joined by celebrity guests including Nadia Hussain and John Ronson to find out what they like to eat when no one is watching. Do look for Comfort Eating with Grace Dent wherever you get your podcasts and you can binge the back catalogue too. And that's it for today. The producer was Madeline Finley, the sound design was by Joel Cox, and the executive producer is Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then.
0: This is The Guardian.